0: Great night in Vancouver last night, joining us on the AT&T Hotline, the official wireless provider of the Boston Bruins, a guy who was uh, on the broadcast all year, part of the pre- and post-year during the postseason when the games were on different networks, Andy Brickley. Nice enough to join us live from Vancouver. Andy, Mutt and Lou, what's going on in Vancouver today?
1: Hey, Boston Bruins, Daily Cup champs, how's that sound?
0: Oh, reality, it's tingles. <laughs> Brick, I'm surprised you're still
2: you're up right now. I, mean, it, I, know, I know it's kind of late, but still, long night, I would imagine yeah
1: we uh we really had a good time spent a lot of a lot of post game in the locker room with the players and uh you know although we weren't on the ice we still felt like we were a part of it because we covered this team you know game in and game out and uh yeah it's just uh it's been a long time coming you know uh had a chance to win in ninety couldn't do it as a player certainly grew up in boston area and uh and know what nineteen seventy 1970 and nineteen seventy two mean to the bruin fan base so Nice to be a part of it, and wanted to absorb it and soak it all in. And uh, what an experience it was, even just uh, you know as an observer.
2: Well, Brick, I tell you, people are going crazy. We've had phone calls all day long. It looks like the parade Saturday, uh, eleven a.m. This city is just this is electric because, and, and I've said it before, because this team was so easy to love. I mean, they kind of stood for what we all want in our team here in Boston.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, they are a likable uh, bunch. You know, uh, I'm a little bit closer to it than most, and uh, I get to know the players on a fairly personal level. And, uh, you know, these guys get it. They understand uh, what it means to be a professional athlete in Boston. They understand what hockey means to uh, the sport community in Boston. And uh, the thing I like about them most, though, is, is what it means to put that Bruins jersey on. And that's what Cam Neely and Peter Chiarelli and the entire management team, Claude Julien, try to reestablish uh what does it mean to be a Boston Bruin? Put that sweater on. How am I supposed to behave? How am I supposed to react? What I what do I mean to the fans of Boston? And uh, and they get it. And when when you have athletes that get it, and then you combine it with their hockey IQ and uh, and their integrity, now you got something special. And this is truly a championship team.
0: Rick, you mentioned Cam Neely, and that was one of the, the, the real moments for me to see him with the hat in the locker room and celebrating this thing with all his guys and saying how much of a team it was. Can you give us some insight in your mind what Cam Neely being named president of this team meant? You know What was he able to bring to that front office, and, and how much of a factor was his presence in this first Stanley Cup in 39 years?
1: You know what it means is uh, level of expectation. You know, I had the good fortune of playing in Boston as a Bruin for four or five years. And, uh, you know, we went to a Stanley Cup final, and we went to two conference finals. So uh, this is not uncharted waters for Cam Neely. This is what he expects. This is what he wants the Bruins organization to be. That Not only are you expected to make the playoffs, but you're supposed to go deep into the postseason. And, and if you're able to establish that level of expectation as an organization and have the players understand how important it is to have that kind of success... But to expect that kind of success and that kind of challenge, I think that's the biggest change that's happened with Cam coming in as president. Uh, he's done a terrific job as a general manager. He's been at it for five years now. I'm sure he had a game plan as to when he expected to at least challenge for the Stanley Cup. The way things broke last year, you know, when you think about it, they had an opportunity to be in the Cup final a year ago if it wasn't for that collapse against Philadelphia. And, you know, and, and all the injuries and uh, the lack of personnel. So the recognition by the management team to say, look, at this is what we need to do in the offseason. They go out and get Horton, Campbell. Uh, then at the trade deadline, they go get guys like Cavalier, Peverly, and Kelly. I mean, and they're not afraid to make deals. They're dealing draft picks, high draft picks, first rounders in order to get the players that they want that they thought they could win right now and not jeopardize the future of their franchise. So I think Cam Neely means all that. Uh, I think Peter Chiarelli means all that. Uh, but I don't think it's any coincidence that Cam Neely and Don Sweeney ties to the 1990 Stanley Cup final team. Um, I think there's a thread there that connects what is expected of a Boston Bruin organization, and uh, I think that's what Cam means to this, to this franchise.
2: Claude Julian was under a lot of scrutiny here this year, and, and who knows how this would have turned out if, if they didn't get out of that first or second round. You've got feel you got to feel great for him.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I guess you'd call it some kind of level of vindication. I mean, he was uh, he was a guy that is uh, sometimes stubborn. Definitely believes in how to play the game. Uh, defense first. Try to be opportunistic offensively. Um, but his trust and his sense of loyalty to players ends up paying off in the end. And uh, I, I like going back to that Tampa series to be honest with you guys because you know, Guy Boucher, an outside the box thinker, up and coming, uh, he got a lot of attention, the one three one, you know, and <laughs> I think if you asked Claude, uh, away from the microphones, away from the cameras, I think that challenge to I don't know if you want to call it out coach him, but certainly mm-hmm. to beat Tampa was probably one of the more exciting times for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right, he was on the hot seat. Lose the first two games to Montreal at home, uh, two seasons in a row where you don't have postseason success. You got a team that should challenge at least to uh, get to the conference final and maybe the Stanley Cup, and for him to uh, to get to the ultimate prize, it looks good on him. It looks good on him, and he's uh, he's a guy that you you, you got to like, you know, because he had believability, he had believability and trust in his players, and they were rewarded for it.
0: Andy Brickley-Nesson joining us live from Vancouver. Uh, at People talking about this with us all day. When they sort of realized, Brick, that this team had a real opportunity this year and could do what they did last night, hoist the Stanley Cup. Is there a game? Is there a series? Is there a point where, in your mind, having watched this team all year, watching them for years with Nesson, that you thought, you know what? Maybe it's possible, first time in 39 years they can get this done.
1: Yeah, I think it was the deadline deals that they made. I think they recognized... Uh, as a management group, what was lacking with their team. I think they looked around and saw the the prohibitive favorites like Pittsburgh with their injury situation, Philadelphia with their goaltending issues, Washington, are they good enough to uh, to win the conference, or are we a better team, and, and where do we need to get better? And I think uh, if they could stay healthy, which they did, that shouldn't be overlooked, but... Um, you know what do we have to add to our team without subtracting and i think right around the deadline is when they really believe that they had a chance certainly to win the eastern conference and, and you have to admire that about the Bruins organization that, that they were proactive they went out they created more depth more balance more skill more hockey iq quality character people that they added to that lineup that uh, the core group already was and i would say probably there you know right around february uh, when they decided, look, it, we have a chance to win the East, and then who knows when you get into the Stanley Cup final. And I think that was the moment that they said, this is our, this is our opportunity, and they did not sacrifice the future by doing it.
2: And we can't talk about this cup without talking about Tim Thomas and what, what he accomplished. <laughs> is it fair to say that this, very well from start to finish, could have been maybe the best season of NHL goalie in history?
1: Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, I'm sure you could make an argument for a couple of goaltenders, maybe Dominic Hasek. He won a couple of hard trophies as MVP in the league. But Tim Thomas, uh, I had a chance to chat with him post-game, and, uh, you know, he's such a unique character. Um, He told me he envisioned himself with the cup over his head, and this was back in July and August. Uh, He talked about his surgery, how healthy he felt coming to training camp, how he felt he had something to prove, how he wanted to compete for the starting job. Uh, but he's such a warrior. He's such a competitor. And, uh, you know, his story never gets old. And it's great for young kids to hear how he stayed with it, whether it was in the minor leagues or in Europe. And, uh, I, mean, I mean, we all know the story by now. But, uh, yeah, he's... He, this. You know what? This probably is the best single season goaltending performance of any goalie of all time.
0: What about in terms of the Bruins, Brick, is he going to be is he going to go down now as the, the best goaltender in franchise history? Um
1: hmm. probably. I mean, who's up there for the argument? I know Pete Peters won a Vezina. Did uh, 83
0: people talked about that, Cheever's and Cheever's yeah. and P. Peter Peters were the two. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Jerry Cheevers was uh You know, a big game player, money player, Stanley Cup champion, uh, a lot of personality, but I don't know. I mean, how can you argue with what Timmy did this year? Set a record for save percentage, the wins were there, the goals against were there, and then his performance in the postseason. uh, When it's a little tougher, when you think about how many games you're going to win in the playoffs to be a Stanley Cup champion, Uh, yeah, I think he's at the top of the conversation when you talk about performances by a goalie, no doubt.
2: You know, we talk about this. This what happened last night, kind of settling in. Was there a moment last night? Was it was it Chara just lifting that cup? where you just sat there and said, "I can't believe this just happened."
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there were a lot of moments, Lou. To be honest with you, uh, my favorite moment was probably maybe an hour before the game. I had a chance to talk to uh, you know a couple of guys, a couple of the coaches, and just the confidence level uh, of this team. They just felt like. You know, we let three games get away from us here in Vancouver. There's no doubt that we are the better team, and we're going to prove it tonight. It's not about their goalie. It's not about uh, their talent. It's about the will to win and the confidence level. Before any cup was raised over anybody's shoulders, uh, on this Bruins team and their coaching staff and their players, I thought was... I mean, that, to me, was overwhelming. And and I felt the same way. This team was going to win, and it wasn't going to be a one-goal game. They were going to win, and they were going to win by at least two, three, four goals. And and uh, and their will to win that third period. Mm. If you looked at Vancouver, you expected one more push, and it just never came. Mm-hmm. Because their will was broken. And the Bruins accomplished that, and that's what winning the championship is all about.
0: With Tim Thomas certainly at the top of the list of stories from this thing. The other guys, the guy we've had... Pleasure to talk to during this run. That's Brad Marchant, Brick. And I I, I think that if he was on a different team, my God, we would hate him. We would hate him. We'd treat him. (laughs) Tell this guy, somebody hit him, shut him up. But he's one of ours. And what he did as a rookie and what he capped it off with last night is going to be, I think, a lasting memory for Bruins fans for a long, long time. You
1: know, coming out of salary cap, uh, you know, the new economics of the National Hockey League, you need your young players to not just be in the lineup to make the dolls and Cents work. They have to be productive. And the Bruins have to be thrilled with the young players that they have. Uh, McQuaid, excellent, strong, tough, good decision maker. Sagan's going to be a terrific player once he establishes himself as a top-tier guy in the NHL. But his Brad Marchand, a the guy they drafted, Got a little tutelage in the American Hockey League. Learned how to be a professional. Kind of calmed down a little bit on, uh, on being a pest, but still placed to your strength when you want to annoy your opponent. But his production. and uh, You put him on a line with Patrice Bergeron and Mark Recchi. I mean, what a combination. Vancouver had no answer for those guys. Uh, when he isolates a defenseman or a defending player one-on-one, you can't contain him. You have to back off. Now you got to give him time and space because he's that quick. He's only going to get better. Uh, I see him as a uh, power play guy in the future, a guy that can definitely put up 35 goals a year. And, uh, you know, and if you teach him to channel his energy and his focus, I mean, he's going to be a dominant player for a long, long time. So, uh, yeah, that's great news for Boston. You want that kind of performance from somebody uh, other than your top-tier guys, and when you get that, chances are you're going to go deep in the playoffs. And uh, the Bruins did a nice job recognizing his talents, his skills, and then they were able to channel that and uh, and make him a very productive player.
2: Yeah, you know, as an athlete, you kind of always want to end your career on top. Uh, forget about the career of Mark Reckey. I mean, not many people play the game as long as he did. Did you? Did you have any moments with him after after the game and just? And talking about you know what this meant to him, and it's a storybook ending for a guy that had an amazing career.
1: Yeah, uh, and I hope to have another moment with him. To be honest with you, Lou, um, I can, uh, you know, I have a, a connection with him because he's almost my age. <laughs> you know? uh, played against Mark, Hall of Famer to be, three times Stanley Cup champion. Had his family, obviously, in the building last night. Storybook ending to be a Stanley Cup champion in your final game in the National Hockey League. And to be a productive player in the Stanley Cup final. And uh, You know, he heard some of the criticisms that he was 43. He couldn't keep pace on some games with uh, the speed of the National Hockey League. But he was a guy that you had to have in your lineup. He makes big plays at big games at the right times. And uh, I did have a couple of moments with him last night to uh, to talk about, you know, what it means to be a champion, and I think because he understands how you're supposed to play the game, you play the game the right way, you enjoy it, and you don't really have uh, false expectations, and when you combine that kind of attitude with that kind of experience and that kind of will to win, then you have a champion in your room, and I think a lot of players fed off his attitude.
0: Brick, real quick—the stuff that happened in that city last night. I mean, was were you aware of that as you guys are, are getting off the air and doing those great postgame uh, recaps? That you had people outside in some in some cases burning down parts of that city.
1: Yeah, we heard about uh, the horror stories from '94, where they lost Game Seven in New York. Uh, there was a a little history here with uh, the Vancouver fan base. Uh, we stayed in the arena. Uh, as late as we possibly could to allow that to kind of just calm down as best we could. Uh, and that certainly wasn't a chore because we have a heck of a time in the locker room and celebrating with the players and the Boston fans. But, yeah, it got a little sick out there. Uh, by the time we left the building and we caught a shuttle that it was nice of the leak to keep the shuttles around that took us back to, uh, to the hotel area. Uh, we really didn't drive through it, but... Uh, Everybody was texting us. Uh, we were watching the news. We had the TVs on. So we were well aware of what was going on out, outside, but we did our best to avoid everything.
0: Brick, thank you so much for the time here today. It's been uh, a lot of fun throughout the, the year getting a chance to, to watch you on Ness and now during the playoffs and get a chance to talk some hockey with you. Travel safe back for the parade on Saturday, and uh, look forward to talking some hockey soon.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, what a great story this is. Boston oh. Bruins Stanley Cup champions. What a ring it has to it. Love it.
0: <laughs>
2: Brick, All right, Brick enjoy. thank you sir
0: Andy Brickley of Nesson joining us on the AT&T Hotline AT&T, the official wireless provider of the Boston Bruins tremendous to check in with Brick in Vancouver